All right, Bible and Daily Lifers, we are in the book of Acts, chapter 25. We're moving through the New Testament in a year. Chapter 25 of Acts is sort of a continuation from 21, 22, 23, 24. What happened? Chapter 20, the Apostle Paul is tearing himself away from the elders at Ephesus. They're on a beach and he talks to them all night long and tells them that he loves them and remembers how great it was being with them and how he taught them and spent time with them and fellowship with them. And he said, now, you know, the church is under your oversight. Take it and watch out for ravenous wolves that will come in and try to make disciples after themselves rather than disciples after Jesus. He <clears throat> tells them that he uh, lived righteously when he was with them. He said, you know, use that as an example. He said he taught them everything that they needed to be taught and do the same. And so he's on his way to Jerusalem from there. And he wants to go to Jerusalem because uh, he was once very popular in Jerusalem. People knew him and people uh, <clears throat> liked him. The, the chief priests sent him out to persecute the church, to go as far as Damascus, to go into other countries, to bring the believers back so that they could go on trial for going against the, the strict Judaism of the day by, <clears throat> by becoming followers of Jesus. So he was doing that. He got converted on the way, had a dramatic conversion. And he really hasn't been back to Jerusalem to share with all of these guys for years. And so he's looking forward to going to Jerusalem. When he gets there, some of the religious leaders see him with Trophimus. And they think that uh, Trophimus, who's not a Jew, who's a Greek, they thought that Paul brought him into the temple and desecrated the temple. So they get everybody into an uproar and there's a near riot. And so the Roman soldiers come down. And they grab Paul, and they're going to arrest Paul. They find out Paul's a Roman citizen. They let Paul speak. <clears throat> As Paul begins to speak, uh, he talks about the resurrection of the dead, and you know that ends up dividing the Pharisees and the Sadducees. And uh, Paul ends up, and there's a plot. The religious authorities want to kill him. There's a plot. <clears throat> Rome gets him out of there. They bring him to Caesarea. And now he starts... Uh, giving his testimony to all kinds of people, to the crowds in Jerusalem um, before the Sanhedrin, uh, to, uh, <clears throat> uh, to Felix, to uh, Claudius, to Festus. And now we get with him sharing his testimony before Festus. He's getting to share his testimony to all kinds of dignitaries and governors. He's going to go and Caesar's going to hear him. And this is what the Lord had told him when he got saved, that he would, his witness would be before Jews and Gentiles and before kings. And so now he's beginning to uh, witness before governors and rulers. So chapter 3, he's going to continue. Yeah, chapter 3. Chapter 25, he's going to continue his testimony again. Three days after leaving the province, Festus went up to Caesarea to Jerusalem and where the chief priests and the Jewish leaders appeared before him and presented their charges against Paul. Now someone else is going to get to hear another governor. They requested Festus as a favor to them to have Paul transferred to Jerusalem for they were preparing to ambush him along the way and kill him. Uh, but <clears throat> they were already onto this set. They're trying to ambush him and kill him. Festus answered, Paul's being held in Caesarea I myself am going there soon. Let some of your leaders come with me. And if the man has done anything wrong, they can press charges against him 
there. After spending eight or ten days with him, Festus went down to Caesarea. The next day he convened court, and he ordered that Paul be brought before him. When Paul came in, the Jews who had come down from Jerusalem stood around him. They brought many serious charges against him, but they couldn't prove them. Paul made his defense. He said, I've done nothing wrong against the Jewish law or the temple or against Caesar. Festus, wishing to do the Jews a favor, these guys are always trying to work out peace with these people, said to Paul, are you willing to go to Jerusalem and stand trial before me on these charges? And Paul said, I am now standing before Caesar's court where I ought to be tried. I have not done anything wrong to the Jews, as you yourselves know very well. If, however, I am guilty of doing anything deserving of death, I don't refuse to die. But if the charges brought against me by these Jews are not true, then no one has the right to hand me over to them. I appeal to Caesar. After Festus had conferred with the council, he declared, you appealed to Caesar? To Caesar you'll go. Well, this is a little bit of a problem. Because Festus is going to send him to Caesar, but he has no charges to send him to Caesar with. So Caesar's going to see this as a real nuisance if Festus sends him a guy to be tried by Caesar and there are no charges. He's going to be Festus. What are you doing down there? You, you know, what, what kind of government are you running down there? You know, get rid of Festus. So Festus is now between a rock and a hard place. A few days later, King Agrippa and Bernice came to Caesarea to pay their respects to Festus. So all these dignitaries coming and paying respects to each other with all the pomp and all the circumstance. And since they were spending many days there, Festus discussed Paul's case with the king. And he said, there's a man here whom Felix has left as a prisoner. Right, everybody hands him off because nobody wants the responsibility of sending a guy to Caesar with no charges. He said, when I went to Jerusalem, the chief priests and the elders of the Jews brought charges against him and asked that he be condemned. He said, I told them it is not the Roman custom to hand over anybody because they have faced their, in, uh, before they've faced their accusers and have had the opportunity to defend themselves. When they came here with me, I didn't delay the case. I convened the court the next day. I ordered the man be brought in. Bring him in. When the accusers got up to speak, they didn't charge him with any crimes that I had expected. Instead, they had some points of dispute with him about their own religion and about a dead man named Jesus who Paul claimed was alive. That was the charge. There's a dead guy that Paul said is alive. His name is Jesus. I was at a loss how to investigate such matters, and so I asked if he'd be willing to go to Jerusalem and send trial there. But Paul made his appeal to be held over to the emperor's decision. He's going to the emperor. I ordered him held until I could send him to Caesar. And then Agrippa said to Festus, I'd like to hear this guy myself. And he said, tomorrow we'll set it up. You can hear him. Verse 23. The next day, Agrippa and Bernice came with great pomp and entered the audience room with the high-ranking military officials and all the prominent men of the city. And at the command of Festus, Paul was brought in. So they were all there, all decked out and all dressed up in all kinds of pomped and circumstance and soldiers and swords and probably torches and maybe even horns. Paul comes out. Festus said, King Agrippa and all of you who are present with us, you see this man 
The whole Jewish community has petitioned me about him in Jerusalem and here in Caesarea, shouting that he ought not live any longer. This guy ought to die. I found he's done nothing deserving of death, but because he made his appeal to the emperor, I sent him to Rome. I, I decided I'm going to send him to Rome. But I have nothing definite to write his majesty about this. <laughs> You're in trouble. Caesar, the emperor, is not going to like getting a man with no charges attached to him. So now what's Festus doing? Felix gets rid of him, sends him to Festus. Festus is now trying to get Agrippa. Agrippa, why don't you come up with the charges for him? Therefore, I have brought him before all of you, and especially before you, King Agrippa, so that as a result of this investigation, I may have something to write. Because I think it's unreasonable to send a prisoner to Rome without specifying the charges against him. Well, I would think so. <laughs> you imagine going to court and you get there and there's no charges. The, the judge is like, what are the charges? Well, there are no charges. We're just sending him to you to decide if he's guilty or not. Guilty of what? Why are you bothering me? Why are you doing this? And these emperors, they don't like to be bothered. So this is a real problem. But Paul's going to get to give his testimony before King Agrippa and before Festus and before other dignitaries and leaders. And he's going to get to share it in Rome. Absolutely amazing how all things work together for the good for those who love God and are called according to his purpose. Because if Paul wasn't arrested in the first place, he wouldn't have gone to the Sanhedrin. If he didn't go to the Sanhedrin and they were plotting to kill him, then he wouldn't have ended up in Caesarea. If he wasn't in Caesarea, then he wouldn't have been before Felix. If he wasn't before Governor Felix, he wouldn't have got sent to Festus. If he wasn't sent to Festus, then he wouldn't be there before Agrippa and Bernice. If he wasn't there before Agrippa and Bernice, then he wouldn't go on to Caesar. So the Lord is working all of this out so that he can share his story. And I think the Lord's working things out right now. We call them divine appointments, where he's setting up for me to share my story with somebody, and he's setting it up for you to share your story with somebody. Your story of Christ, your story of salvation, what he's done for you. doesn't need to be somebody else's story, just your story, what he's done for you. So may the Lord bless you, keep you, make his face shine upon you, and give you lots of opportunities to share your story. And it will change people's lives forever. Hey, bless you guys. Love you.